Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin, and this is SLC Punkcast. Uh, again, if you haven't heard uh, the last episode, Eric will not be joining me for at least a little while. Uh, hoping quick and speedy recovery for Eric. Uh, this right here, this is episode 144. It's an extra episode. I'm going to try to get like an extra one a weekend uh, since so many of us around the world are on some form of lockdown or, or quarantine and we have so much extra time, why not listen to some great music? Uh, quick update on Eric. As of two days ago, last one that I am aware of, he had uh, some small improvements. He's standing a little bit more with the help of a physical therapy team. He does know his full name and birthday and the year and the month that we currently are in. Uh, but still some other things uh, not quite coming to yet. So, you know, here's hoping that you know, the memory slowly but surely is going to come back for him. Uh, he's smiling and laughing, which is great. Misses being home. Uh, anybody that is in this area, don't go try to visit him. They're limiting the number of visitors. And obviously with the, how serious the virus is out there, uh, best to stay home. He and other people there at the hospital are going to be more susceptible to uh, contracting the virus. So stay home. I'm going to keep you up to date every episode. The more I know, the more I'll share. Uh, hopefully, he's not going to be at the hospital too terribly long, but uh, I'm sure with just standing uh, as of a few days ago and then a, a few other issues, he still has a little bit more time left there, but uh, signs are promising. Uh, yes, so the rest of this, episode 144. Did an interview recently with Steve from The Clinch down there in Australia. Uh, new album, Basecamp, is going to be coming out. It is so good. This episode, since it was an extra episode, hadn't really planned out a lot of things. I, I thought, you know what, Steve, in the interview, mentioned a ton of great bands. A lot, most of those bands have never played on the show, so I thought, what a great time to share some great music. Uh, so that's where we're going to go. So before we get there... Let's talk about all the new stuff, right? There's always a lot of new stuff. And so let's go back to March 12th. Mainline 10 put out Legacy. The Bomb Pops on the 13th. The rest of these for quite some time are all going to be on March 13th. And the Bomb Pops put out Death in Venice Beach. Uh, Soraya put out Dig Your Roots. False Heads put out It's All There, But You're Still But You're Dreaming. Nudie Mag put out Our Milk, Svetlana's put out Disco Sucks, Gloves Off put out Life, Vicious Hits put out Bring Back the Violence EP, Barking Mad put out Stone Age EP, uh, Belmont put out Reflections, Jimmy Rydell put out Rocket to Rochester, The Dead End put out Hellbound, Follow Your Dreams put out The Half-Life of Teaspoons, Follow Your Dreams, uh, yes, Half-Life and Teaspoon, sorry, I lost my place there. Uh, Middle Age Queers put out Two Fag for Love on the 14th. Crow Killer put out Enslaved to One on the 14th. Ides put out Hikikomura, Hik 
Hikikomori. <laughs> I'm going to struggle with that one. Uh, they put that out on the 15th. Death Lottery put out LP1 on the 16th. Antilectual put out the single Hanging on the Telephone, which was a cover of The Nerves, who uh, they were covered by Blondie. That might be, you know, popular when people know about, but Antilectual is going to be putting out four-track covers that they've done. They've released this as a single so far. That's on the 17th. Some Kind of Nightmare put out Transplant Pulse on the 18th. Ultra Razia put out a split with Dead Hero on the 19th. Uh, Special Bombs, they put out Eruptions on the 20th. Gouge Away with Consider and a Backside of Wave of Mutilation on the 20th. Morons Morons put out Looking for Danger on the 20th. And then stuff that is coming up, Mandalore is putting out 6,000 Spears 7-inch. Existence is put uh, on the 27th, so most of the rest of these are going to be on the 27th. And on the 27th, Existence is putting out Meltdown. Xyle, that's X-I-L-E, is putting out I Am Your God. Hell's Ditch put out Vacant Hearts and Hope is Hope. Looks like two tracks there. The Suicide Machines put out Revo- or are putting out Revolution Spring. Ariel Salad is putting out Dirt Mall. MFC Chicken is putting out Fast Food and Broken Hearts. High Time is putting out Thrive. Bull Brigade is putting out Stronger Than Time EP. The Beautiful Mistake will be putting out You're Not Broken, I Am. The Incisions are doing a split with Pizza Tramp that's going to be called Do You Know Who You Look Like? City Saints are putting out Peter and the Test Tube Babies on the radio single. That's three tracks. Just played those on the last episode, so definitely go check that last episode out if you haven't already. Anti-Citizen is putting out War Machine 7-inch. On the first, Luger is putting out Full Villain. And Labelle, also on uh, April 1st, is Passé à la Salt. So... Uh, a lot of cool stuff that will be coming out, uh, some stuff that should be coming out soon. i got to go check on some uh, release dates. But, again, and as always, a lot of great stuff out there, uh, a lot of good stuff. Check all that out. Uh, we've played some of those things already. We've played a track from Special Bombs, really good. I'm really looking forward to Suicide Machines, Aerial Salad, Bull Brigade. Uh, those are great. The City Saints one. Uh, definitely check that out. Going to play some Some Kind of Nightmare coming up soon. Love that band as well. Ultra Razia with the Dead Hero Split was very good. Death Lottery have also been on the show like Some Kind of Nightmare. And their LP1 is good. I've already heard a few of the tracks. Looking forward to playing them on the show again. Barking Mad played uh, track and showed you the vinyl. All that's uh, out there. And you can go get that. It's a great band out of Denver. Uh, Svetlana's, if you're looking forward to that, I want to check that out. I still haven't been able to yet. Bomb Pops, a lot of great bands on this list. I hope you've enjoyed them. Me talking about it. Go check them out. Now's a good time, right? We're all sitting at home listening to music. When you're done listening to this, you can go listen to that. Let's get into some music, though. Some music. A lot of these bands that I'm going to play on this show, you're going to hear us talk about Steve and I in the interview. And the interview is going to come up later in the show. We're going to listen to some music first. Uh, First up, I think we should jump into Private Function. Private Function, they are uh, out of Australia. It's one of the bands that uh, Steve mentions during the interview. Uh, It's a cool track here. They're from Melbourne, and they put out the album Saint Anger, and they put that out August 15th of 
2019. I'm going to play two tracks from them. One, they did a cover of Midnight Oil, and if you've heard the show in any sort of long term, you know that I like a lot of the 80s stuff and I loved Midnight Oil. Another great Australian band, and they covered the track King of the Mountain. It's really good. We're going to listen to a cover off that, and then we'll listen to an original. So let's do King of the Mountain from Private Function. You can find them at Private Function Melbourne on Facebook. Let's do one more track. It's an original off of that album, St. Anger. It's called Shut Up.
Shut up, mom and dad. <laughs> All right, that's Private Function. Again, check out that album. It's called Saint Anger. It is cool. Uh, good stuff. A lot of these bands I wasn't familiar with, so thank you to Steve for sharing with me. Then I share with you. I don't think he was even anticipating on me playing these bands, but you know what? I wanted to check out. I like checking out new music, and I like sharing it when it's good. Uh, next up, oh, you can actually find Private Function before I forget. They are on Instagram at Private Function 69. Again, on Facebook at Private Function Melbourne. So check out that band. Let's go next to Emil Amel. Maybe it's Amel and the Sniffers. It's A M Y L, in case I mispronounced it. I know Steve said it. I forgot already. I'm sorry. Uh, a lot of good pub rock coming out of. Australia. That's stuff that we will talk about with Steve. But the, this band is also from Melbourne. They are on Flightless Records there in Australia. They put out the album, self-titled album, on May 24th, 2019. So if you couldn't tell, so we're playing new tracks, just like a regular episode. Look at that. Uh, they put out that self-titled May 24th of this last year. You can go find them on Facebook. We are going to play the track G-F-Y, and if you don't know what that is, well, uh, I think you'll figure it out when the song's over. Emelyn Sniffers, GFYS, go fuck yourself. Uh, cool track, cool band, another great one. I know that Steve was talking about the Australian experience, but you know what? Great bands and a lot of great music, right? Crosses borders. That's what we do here. We make the local scene global. So I hope you enjoyed that one. Emelyn Sniffers, self titled there, GFY. And you can also find them on Instagram at Amel and the Sniffers. And remember, A M Y L. Next up, let's do the band Goatzilla. This was one of the bands that The Clinch, we'll hear about here in a moment, was going to be playing a show coming up with. Uh, they released an album on June 14th of this last year, so still new stuff, and it's Motherfuckasaurus. That's the name of the album, 
and we are going to play the track called Shut the Fuck Up. I don't know if there's a theme going on here, but uh, still pretty cool. Godzilla off of Motherfuckasaurus, and that is Shut the Fuck Up. So, cool band. You can go find them on Facebook at Goatzilla Rocks and on Instagram at Goatzilla.rocks. It's a cool band. They say that the original old school garage punk rock, that could be, that could be, that could be a good description there. Uh, They are from Brisbane slash Gold Coast. So if you're familiar with the geography there in Australia, we're not doing all bands from Melbourne. So they are from uh, Brisbane. So check that band out. It's four piece. Goatzilla rocks. Next up, we're going to play the band uh, Charter 77. We're going to play them in the older, lesser known category. This album came out. In 2005, so May 5th of 5505, and they put out Our Reality, and off that album, uh, we're going to play two tracks. They're both kind of short, so we're going to give you a good sample of the band Charter 77, and the first track we're going to play is going to be Ignore the Issues, and then we're going to follow that by Beer Punks. These are two minutes, you know, total between the two of them. We're going to be at two minutes, 17 seconds, so they'll be quick, so enjoy it. Charter 77.
Yes, that's two from Charter 77. Two quick ones there off the album, uh, Our Reality. Check them out. You can go find them on Bandcamp. You can find most of these bands on Bandcamp. Uh, Our Reality came out in 05. Again, Melbourne. That's where these guys are from. A lot of them are from Melbourne, but you know, they're not all. Uh, This band, if you like them, go check out. They've got Bleeding Steak Ultra Rare Recordings from the Nasty Years. So that came out in 2016. It's on their Bandcamp. A lot of good stuff you can find there from Charter 77. Next up, we're going to play the band The Worst. Yes, The Worst. The Worst are also from Melbourne. Luke, he's in both this band, or he was in this band, and he is also in The Clinch. So check them out. It's a, Go back, look them up. You can find them. Go to Bandcamp. Uh, we're going to play a track. It's called I Am The Axe. It's off of A Decade of Destruction. They put this out November 24th of 2017. It's a good track. So let's do one more out of that older or lesser known category. And here we go. It is the worst.
Yes, the worst. Another band Luke was in. It's good stuff. I Am The Axe. It's a great track. That band started in 2001. They were a band for quite some time. They're out of Melbourne, if I didn't say, and you can find them at The Worst Melbourne. hope I say that right. I remember some somebody else saying it one time, so I'm, I'm going with it. Uh, before we get into great cover-to-cover albums, because we're going to do one that was suggested by Steve, and then obviously I'm doing the clinch because it is a great cover-to-cover album, even though it isn't out there to be heard in its entirety yet. You'll hear some here. There's already had two tracks out there with uh, The Chariot and Bass Camp. If you haven't, go to the their YouTube page. You can hear those because we're not playing those on this show, at least not today anyway. And before we get there, Eric... Uh, hopefully I'm hoping, you know, within a couple months, hopefully it's not, you know, too much outside of a couple months, but he'll be able to get back on the show, make some picks. He makes uh, some great picks, has some great stuff to say, uh, add so much to the show. So hopefully he'll be there uh, in a few months. But what we have right now, uh, one of the members in, uh, one of his bands, Landon, great, uh, did a great job. He, he set up a, a GoFundMe and uh, you can go to, I, I believe it's going to be on Sagan's Youth as well, but you can go to Eric Unoris. I've shared it out over on SLC Punkcast and uh, Punkanoi Worldwide on those Facebook pages if you would like to help out in, in that sense. Awesome. That'd be fantastic. Also, uh, with the help of Mike at Rough Cuts and Reckless Upstarts, working on trying to put a fundraiser compilation together with a, a bunch of bands who have participated with the show. Uh, hopefully, you know, May 1st is looking like a good date that we will be able to put it all together, compile. So we're working on that right now, and that'll be a fundraiser. Every penny raised all goes to medical bills that Eric is going to have. Uh, he's been in the hospital for a week now, and at this point, I mean, he's standing with help and he still doesn't have uh, all of his memory Uh, he has a part of his skull that's going to need to get put back into place they have him wearing a helmet to protect the soft spot on his head so he's gonna be accruing more medical bills needless to say so if you'd like to help out uh, GoFundMe's out there plus we'll be doing the compilation as well more on that coming as I have more details on it Let's do a great cover-to-cover album. One that Steve mentioned is The Blood, uh, False Gestures for a Devious Public. It came out in 1983. If you're not familiar with this band, they are from London, or they were from London. Uh, cool band. The The lead vocal, lead guitar vocals, sorry, not lead vocals, but lead guitar backup vocals, uh, James Cantwell, he, he's passed away. I don't know that The Blood is, is active. I'd heard them. I've heard some other songs. wasn't as familiar, so I'm glad that that's something Steve pointed out. That way I can go check them out. We are going to play off of that Degenerate. First up, we're going to play two tracks. So let's listen to Degenerate from The Blood. Go, go. 
Degenerate. That's good stuff from the blood. Let's do one more. This is Joys of Noise. Great stuff from The Blood, False Gestures for a Devious Public. That is the name of the album. And Joys of Noise, that was that track. That one had a little bit more of a new wave sound, but I like new wave, so I thought it was pretty cool. All the way back from 1983, that was The Blood. And speaking of that, let's transition right into the first track. We're going to play The Clinch. We're going to play two tracks. I'm going to throw an interview in there. Me and Steve are going to talk about all of these bands that we've played so far. And... Uh, his band, obviously, their album, Base Camp, it'll be coming out before too long. Uh, the 18th, that was an expected uh, release show. Obviously, that might not happen. Things are kind of chaotic still out on, uh, in this planet. So maybe that'll be a release show. Uh, the vinyl's coming out on Sunny Bastards. Great uh, record label there. Let's listen to the track. The, or not the, we listened to The Blood, now we're going to listen to Blooded from The Clinch. Warrior, if not beast, then I'm at war. 
Yes, such a good sound. I love the guitars. Uh, the Clinch is awesome. This album is so good. Basecamp, uh, I've been really fortunate. A lot of music has come my way early even. I point those out because they're early, and it's not just somebody that shared something early, like, oh, yeah, that's really good. I, I definitely want to play it on a show. It's like, wow, this one and numerous others that have been sent my way, including uh, next episode's going to be interview with all the guys in Rough Cuts, and their album is awesome, too. So, so many good ones coming out in 2020, though it may not be the best year so far because we're quarantined and people are getting sick and all this other shit that's going on. Earthquakes, if you live anywhere near me, uh, on top of all that. But uh, this is really good. Uh, Base Camp's awesome. And we'll get to Nobody's Fool in the next episode, but that one... Uh, there's some tracks out there. Go check that out before we play uh, other tracks on the next episode. So the Clinch Base Camp, let's do one more. Uh, as soon as this one's over, it's going to go right into the interview. So let's listen to uh, track number six, Alone. <laughs> Joining me now from The Clinch, Steve. Steve, thank you for joining me from tomorrow because today it's the 17th, but where you're at is the 18th. Yeah, it's about 10 a.m. here on the 18th. It's, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. The album you guys just put uh, are going to be putting out Basecamp. So I saw that digital is uh, coming out earlier, but uh, what is it, the 18th? Is that the 18th of next month? Is that when the, the hard copies are going to be yep. out? Well, launch, so launch is 18th of April, if it goes ahead with all the uh, craziness going on at the moment, right. uh, which will be a pretty, pretty epic gig. Uh, we've got, um, so Sunny Bastards in Germany are pressing it to vinyl and to CD. 
So that'll be out sometime in April. They'll be pressed on the street. And then uh, Clockwork Punk uh, putting it out on tape, but probably a little bit after that, maybe May, something like that. Uh, we'll have CDs sort of mid-April. But yeah, digital 23rd, so next week. Awesome. That is great. So on the 23rd, so people can start hearing more of the tracks than they hear here coming up very soon. Uh, it, uh, the album is so good. Uh, I've had it for a little while. And like I told you before we got recording, I've listened to it so many times. It's it's really good. And I, I don't want to just say that. You know, I only play music I like on the show, but some stuff you just like so much more. And that album, as I've told you, I think is for sure going to be one of the top albums of 2020. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we were a bit, uh, it's a bit of an eclectic kind of mix of songs to this one. So I'm glad that you liked the the whole album. We thought maybe, you know, some people would be more into like Blooded and Alone, more the sort of tougher songs and other people would like some of the, you know, softer, more poppy ones. But um, glad to hear you like a lot. That's That's what we want. I like it all. Like I told you, I'm listening through and depending on which time I listen, sometimes I like some tracks like, oh, I like these better than the other ones. And then I hear the other ones like, maybe not. Maybe I still, I don't know. I don't know which ones I like best. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's the idea, right? Exactly. Uh, so tell me about your band. How long have, have the clinch been together? Right. So we started uh, jamming 2016. So we're a pretty young band. We, right. um, we first gig was 2017. Uh, we put out the debut album, Our Path is One late 2018 it came out on sunny bastards early 2019 and then this is the second the follow-up um the it's uh basically a group of guys we've been friends for ages all just from the local scene here basically luke who's the guitarist he uh him and me we've been friends since we were teenagers and we kept getting drunk talking about <laughs> starting a band and then uh one day he actually called me when he was sober and so then, of course, it actually happened. So <laughs> that was the um, that's kind of the, the initial origin. And then Brendan uh, is the bassist, and Sammy on uh, drums. So they've they've also been part of the scene for ages. Uh, Sammy's played in lots of other bands, like uh, punk bands and metal bands. And so you know they they've jumped in as well. And then we started we started you know jamming. More recently, for this second album, we've had a second guitarist join Andy. So Andy's a uh, an Irish an Irishman, and that is that natural kind of Irish talent brings uh, more talent than the rest of us put together. But he's been great, and you can probably tell with the new album. There's a much stronger kind of guitar leads and a bit more, you know, a bit more sort of instrumentation and stuff like that. So a lot of that is coming from uh, Andy. The from the fan perspective, that's what I am. And I, I loved the, the first album. It was great. Our Path is One. Uh, I thought it was amazing. You know, you, sometimes you just get to hear bands doing what I do. I love doing it because I get to spend time uh, discovering new bands. And when you get to discover bands uh, from, you know, places, uh, you know, we're six time zones away and, you know, Northern mm -hmm. Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, very different areas, but I get to come across your band. And so I've been listening to Our Path is One since it was pretty new, uh, you know, digital coming out in 2018. And it was on my, my top albums list of 2018. And I thought it was really good. And then, yes, I think that even the, now, you know, Basecamp is definitely better than that. And I still liked uh, Our Path is One quite a bit. Well, I'm glad it kind of, it's cr it crosses borders. You know, we've got, 
there's a lot of sort of Aussie music, which is very much kind of the Australian experience. So there's a lot of like pub rock, you know, Aussie kind of pub rock and not just the older stuff from the, uh, you know, 70s and 80s, but um, even more newer, band, like Cosmic Psychos, obviously, who are a bit old, but these newer like uh, Ammo and the Sniffers and Private Function and all these kind of things, which kind of capture that kind of Aussie looseness. Okay. Um, we were going to play with this band, Goatzilla, who um, in nice. or were meant to be playing in two weeks, but of course the gig's been cancelled. Right. Um, it's because of the coronavirus. But um, they have this song called Drop Bear, which is all about, you know, koalas attacking people. So... You know, I'm glad that at least some of our music can cross borders and other people right. can can relate to it. Absolutely, I would still love to hear. I I might not understand the koalas attacking yeah. people, but I would still yeah. love to hear it. Well, you know, it's it's a frightening country to live in, really. <laughs> yes, so I've seen on numerous nature shows and, and National Geographic yeah. and such. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's it's mental. But, you know, in the city, there's still spiders. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm in the middle of the city, and I still have literally deadly spiders all over the house. Wow. And about, you know, maybe a week ago, I came home, and uh, there was a dead uh, huntsman that was probably, you know, how when they're dead, they all curl up. It was probably still like, I don't know. Oh, eight centimeters across or curled up or 10 centimeters across. It was a pretty big sort of, you know, like the size of your palm. Wow. Um, you know, and these, but these are, these spiders go around and like clean up the house of all the other spiders. So they're uh, normally considered to be almost like a pet if you get a big huntsman in your house. So yeah, it's a weird country, man. Yeah. You know, if I had that, yeah. I, I've thought the same thing at my house, you know, uh, here in Utah, I think occasionally you might see a black widow or maybe a brown recluse. I don't think anybody dies from those. They can leave some nasty marks on your body, but otherwise, no big deal. But otherwise, you see spiders, and I think, oh, I don't really touch the spiders in my house. I, you know, let them get rid of all the other bugs and such that, you know, yeah. other pests. I just do their thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, the name, The Clinch, where'd you guys come up with the name? Right. So, we'll. We're all big fans of combat sports, so I guess it's, uh, you know, referring to the the boxing or Muay Thai clinch. Right. Uh, most of us train a fair bit, um, you know, in various styles. Uh, the I guess it's meant to be both just the reference to combat sport, but also it's meant to be like uh, that part of the fight where um, things can be a bit challenging. So it's, you know, the clinch can be very strategic, so Absolutely. it can be used to control distance or it can be used to put weight on your opponent, tire them out, or it can be used to ca catch your breath if you get rocked or, you know, so it's uh, the sort of very strategic part of the fight, but also the idea of, you know, it's like clinch time, like, you know, it's a time when you got to sort of dig deep and make a count. So that's, uh, so, you know, that's the, that's the reference there. So it's fairly straightforward, really. Yeah, it makes sense. And if uh, anybody goes to your guys' Instagram page, I'm looking at it right now and I've looked at, you know, I'm, I follow you guys. Uh, you you have numerous pictures yeah, on there man. of you know, so good. Uh, you it's know, hilarious, right? Th it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's funny because also you know we're a bit older now. Like I'm 36, and you know you can't. It's not like we're going to be world champions, but we all love it. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, we still get in and have a bang, so <laughs> it's good fun. That's glad. I'm glad you still do it. I I used to a while ago and. Uh, I need to get back into it. I, I, I same ex I, the, my ex excuses. I've got older and I've just 
doing other things, but every time I see other people doing it, I just think back, oh, I should just get back into it. It's so much fun. So much fun. So much fun. Right? I mean, you learn so much as well, you know, and I think you get this kind of goodwill towards people because your opponent is not your enemy. You know what I mean? You're, right. You can only measure how good you're going because of you've got someone there to to meet you, That you know? So the uh, they're kind of like your best friend. They show you where you need to improve and they show you where you've improved and how you're going. And so I think it sort of changes your whole attitude towards life in some ways. And particularly, I did a bunch of jujitsu and that's like, you know, the first year of jujitsu is you just get ground to a pulp. It's just like mm-hmm. tapping and tapping and tapping. You know what I mean? And so yep. you walk in there like, oh, I'm so tough. I'll, you know, I walk around glaring at people. And then you're like, well, I don't want to glare at the wrong person, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the philosophy is no matter how bad you think you are, somebody else is definitely going to be bigger, better, whatever. And so you should oh, always yeah. be humble. And I, I came from wrestling. I used to be a wrestler a long time ago and I, I got into doing jujitsu and other uh, you know, mixed martial arts type things. And uh, it's definitely different when you think, oh, I can I can do this stuff. And then, you know, I, I was able to, but wow, it's a huge transition, very humbling. It's just one of those things where uh, people that I eventually started helping out and training after I had experience, I just tell them, you know, in the practice room, it's all right to lose. No one keeps track of that yeah. practice record. That's yeah. where you learn. That's where you get better, uh, get experience and all that, you, you know. Well, it's great the U.S. has such a big culture of wrestling because that's something we don't have here. So, like, you know, Melbourne, where I live, is there's a lot of martial arts around, but there's a lot more kind of traditional martial arts, and uh, we don't have sort of wrestling in the schools and colleges and stuff like that. It's, um, yeah, so I think uh, that's probably why, you know, the U.S. has dominated really quickly in the sort of MMA because they've had that whole pedigree, that wrestling pedigree. Yeah, and if you look, uh, you know, when MMA was getting bigger back, you know, 10, uh, well more than 10, but, uh, you know, maybe 15 years ago, a lot of Russians too, and they've always been into wrestling as well. So Yeah, that's right, no doubt. Very helpful, very helpful to to have that Mm -hmm. background. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for me, it's easier to learn to punch than I think if I would have been a stand-up guy and then trying to learn to do all the ground stuff after. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. 100% agree. That's um, So anyway, that's the basis of the name. There you go. <laughs> we're all meatheads, you know, but it's good. You know, we're nice meatheads, you know. We, we just want love and goodwill to people, you know. It's very sort of universalist, our kind of meatheadedness. Excellent. Uh, well, about the band, so you, you briefly told me you guys are part of the scene. Some of the guys have been in uh, other bands. Uh, what uh, What is your style of music? So let's describe that how do you guys view or how do you categorize the clinch yeah sure so well i guess so luke's previous band was a band called the worst and they're definitely worth checking out they were awesome okay they were a great band in melbourne for probably 15 years they were a couple albums out a couple of eps okay um they had they were like you know real sort of chunky street punk and when we were going to start this band luke was uh, well, we were talking about making it more like melodic oi, but he's just so much tends towards having that sort of chunkier guitar sound, heavier sort of guitar, that we still brought in that kind of modern guitar rather than having real, that classic oi kind of like there, you know, the, the guitar a bit more um, back, back in, in the middle, so with more mids. So we're trying to play 
yeah, melodic oil, but it's sort of coming out a bit different to how we planned. Then we've got Sammy, who was in mainly metal bands, so he's the drummer. And so he tends towards playing like the kick rather than the hi-hat and has more of this sort of metal sound. So, you know, he's, all, he's sort of bringing in some other influences as well. Uh, we're all, because we're Aussies, there's basically Aussie rock is the whole thing and you just can't avoid it. So, you know, all of us grew up listening to like the Angels, Rose Tattoo and right. Midnight Oil and Cold Chisel and these bands. So it, particularly in the new album with songs like Alone and The Knife, there's a much more kind of rock lead over the top. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, it's kind of a, um, like, um, you know, all that kind of mess together. Uh, still, we're trying to play melodic oi. You know, that's the, that was the idea. It's just, you know, you can't help but express what, what comes out. And then I guess, you know, you, I don't know if you noticed. I hope you didn't notice. A bunch of the songs have the, you know, the similar kind of one, five, six, four uh, chorus, the, the hook. And so that's, um, that almost makes you feel like it's a bit of stadium rock coming in there and it's a bit poppy. But we're doing our best to kind of get away from that cliche. But some of the songs still comes through. Well, it, I couldn't have told you that. No way. So I think it comes across okay. great. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah, um, I was listening to a band uh, oh, basically on repeat for last week, Royal Hounds NYC. Right. Man, they're good. They just put out – last year they put out a uh, – I think it was an EP. It's about seven tracks. Uh, so – and, man, they're good. And a couple of the songs I listened to – 20 times before I realized they were playing, you know, a common, a sort of really common chord progression, but they were just, they just made it so different with their timing and their instrumentation, you know, drums coming in and out. It was, it's just so original, even though it's still got that kind of uh, melody that you can very quickly click with because you, you know, you're used to it. So good. They are good. I was fortunate to get to see them has been, Almost two and a half years ago, I flew out to New York to go see Lion's Law. And they were there. Oh, sweet. And uh, 45 Adapters opened, but Royal Hounds also there and also opened. Uh, very good yeah, live, nice. too. What too in- inspires the, the music, so the lyrics and the sound? Before we got going on this, you said that you do some of the lyrics. Uh, Brendan does some of the lyrics, right? So what did you, what'd you say you did about, what, two-thirds? He does about a third, something like that? Yeah, something like that. So Brendan and I write most of the lyrics. Okay. Then Luke writes most of the music. Okay. But it's kind of like you, someone brings a pretty basic track and then we all flesh it out. Perfect. So, you know, I've got, I've got a bunch of sort of hooks, which I might like wake up in the morning and I've just got some song in my head that my brain has come up with. And so I'll like hum this hook, you know, on my phone, on the sound recorder, then send it to Luke. And then Luke will like build some riffs around it and then we'll find some lyrics that fit to it. Or, you know, sometimes we'll write a, we write in all different ways. So sometimes we'll write uh, lyrics first. Sometimes we'll write music first. Um, you know, we've got like a bunch of lyrics pre-written and music pre-written that haven't really matched very well. And so you're just waiting to get the right feel, you're the right sort of say with the music, you, you write some lyrics like what would fit this. And then there's just some music you've already written, which is perfect. So it's like, it's all over the place. Um, the, in terms of the, the lyrical inspiration, I suppose in terms of like content, 
my I think my lyrics tend to be a bit kind of uh, more sort of existential or a bit more abstract than Brendan's. So Brendan, you know, he's not as morose as most faces, so he's doing pretty well. But <laughs> you still, if as you listen through the album, the songs which are just you know a little bit darker, you'll be like, oh, that's probably a Brendan song, you okay. know. Whereas mine are more like uh, either sort of I'm trying to be motivational you know, whether it's for myself or for someone else, or I'm just like suffering about, which is ridiculous because we live in this beautiful country and, you know, life's pretty good overall. But um, anyway, you know, we suffer, whether it's indulgent or not, we suffer. And so I'm just, I basically am trying to encourage myself for um, writing about existential problems, right? Excellent. (laughs) Uh, So... Looking back at the the previous album, Our Path Is One, we'll briefly touch on that, but we'll focus more on the the new album, Basecamp. So mm. from 2018, you guys were a band. Uh, about 2016, a couple of years later, uh, you put out your album. Are are there any tracks that that stand out to you, or uh, you know, like I don't know what I'm trying to say here? Uh, anything that you know, maybe some favorites that the band just has to play at all the live shows. Cause I'm sure once you get to start playing yeah. some live shows again, you're going to mix in uh, a lot of the new stuff. And you've probably already played some of that in maybe recent shows, but what are some of those tracks from our path is one that are just the band loves the bands going to continue. Those are going to be like staples of the live show. Well, we, we got an encore at our last our show, which was pretty exciting. Cause we've, uh, <laughs> we've, um, not had that before it helps though being the being the headliner because then um you know everyone just wants more music because right. they want to have an excuse to keep drinking and dancing right so Absolutely. anyway so and we had admitted from that gig hearts and diamonds and that's one that you know every, the people who come to our shows know the song and so that ended up being the encore but i've seen i've seen some great footage as well of that that song with uh you know, people just filming in the crowd and everyone singing along. So that seems to be a crowd pleaser. Excellent. Um, it is sort of, you'd think it's a crowd pleaser because it's a bit more of that kind of catchy, poppy kind of thing. Um, from the first album, look, uh, well, we, we're sort of mixing it in. Like Quiet Time wasn't getting a play for a while. Mate and uh, private, uh, Quiet Time and um, Private War weren't getting a play. They're back in the set. Um uh, they disappear is quite tough to do live, so that's that you know blasts it really blows my voice out. Okay, so we tend to do that only sporadically. Make it counts a staple. Uh, Hearts and Diamonds is a staple. Um, what else? One day is a bit of a good good sing along. Right. Um, with the new songs, so we've put in in the set at the moment. We've been playing a fair bit of it. Uh, Adams is going well. We opened with Adams last time. That's quite a militant kind of feel to it. Right. Um, the base camp, we finish with base camp rather than our path is one, which is the normal kind of finisher, um, which went well. Uh, so yeah, blooded came in, you know, we were meant to be playing with the exploited next week, but of course their tours got canceled because Australia has a two week, uh, mandated isolation period for people coming into the country wow. right now. So that was cancelled, unfortunately. And we had basically worked on all of our kind of t- faster or tougher songs to, you know, try to match it to the, the show a little bit. But sure. um, that brought in a few from the new album as well, th- which was going to happen. But of course, now. Yeah. 
now we're just waiting. We're at home. We can write lots more music, I suppose. There you go. Uh, you know, two years in between release years anyway, so you can get a whole bunch of stuff ready to go. There was a band, uh, Pissed Off and Proud, actually the last interview I did a couple weeks ago, and they had all kinds of releases, and they were working on more stuff. They, they're releasing an album about a week after you guys, and I think they're working on doing some splits and maybe another release like at the end of the year. I'm like, holy shit, you guys. You are full on. Right? Yeah, Ambitious. Uh, yes, a- absolutely. So maybe uh, a lot of bands will have some time to uh, yeah. quarantine themselves together and, and put some stuff out. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the end of which, 2020. Which suits me. Right? Because I like, I like time as well with music. So like... You know, there's the great thing as well, our band, everyone's bringing, everyone's engaged in writing. So there's a lot of like creative tensions in the band. And so I'm, which is good because it means you get a nice kind of middle, you know, a nice relatable kind of middle ground in the end. But sure. my, I want to overproduce everything. Like every single album, <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel, I could f- spend twice as long on every song, you know. And now when I listen back to it, I, I always hear, new kind of hooks and melodies or leads while I'm listening that I'm like, Oh, I wish we'd done this here or there. You know, I'd just sit with things forever, which means I'd probably never get anything out, but I'd, you know, the songs would be great, but they'd probably never be released. <laughs> uh, whereas, you know, like, you know, so, say Brendan who writes a lot of the other ones, he likes a more sort of um, cut back kind of uh, more tougher kind of cut back songs. So, you know, just driving bass on the root notes and this kind of thing. Um, so, we end up finding some good middle ground, but hopefully with a bunch more time, I'll get to release some kind of really slick, you know, overproduced kind of, you know, <laughs> where you can hear that everything's shiny and anyway, we'll see. Well, if you top this one, that's amazing because I think it's outstanding. And I, I like I said, I thought our path as one was great, but this one base camp is definitely better. It's definitely better. You guys did awesome. a great job. Thank you. That's great. Thank uh, you. On the show, we're, we're playing Alone, Blooded, and Claymore. Why don't you tell me a little bit about those tracks specifically? Okay, so Alone. So I Alone was one that I wrote. We uh, I grew up in a country town called Portland. It's like, um, well, it's an industrial town. It's about 10,000 people. It's uh, pretty remote, though. So it's about four and a half hours from Melbourne um, Drive, um, southwest. And uh, that, so... Growing up in the country and then moving to the city, I'm not sure whether uh, I'm always feeling a little bit um, unsettled. And I don't know whether it's because I just miss nature. Like every, the minute I drive out of Melbourne, even when I get to say industrial suburbs with like factories and paddocks, the minute that I see that, I can just feel this kind of relaxation come over me. So I'm not sure whether it's that I'm a bit uneasy because it's a bit unnatural for me living in the city or whether it's just some sort of, you know, more existential problem. And so this kind of song is me looking internally and each verse is kind of further and further in myself trying to find whether that uncertainty is like something more fundamental or just the fact I need more nature and we're living a really disconnected life. So that's the, that's the Adams. Um, Blooded, uh, I wrote, Luke came up with the music first and it was sitting there for a little while and I was like, oh, this is real tough music. I need some tough lyrics. And then I was actually in Iceland and I was standing in a lava field and there was these, basically there's this story where these two berserkers were, uh, you know, um, uh, living with 
some king or something like that. And uh, these, he and one of them wanted to marry this guy's daughter, and he was like, "Oh, I'll let you marry my daughter if you can build this road, you know, which is something that would take, you know." 20 men, you know, three lifetimes to build or something like that. Wow. And, of course, these berserkers are so out of control. They did it in, like, two days. And so this road is still in Iceland. It's called, like, the Berserker Road. Wow. And uh, it's from the sagas anyway. I mean, I doubt, you know, whether or not some berserkers actually dug this road in two days. <laughs> who knows? But, you know, it's a, it makes for like, a better story that way. That's right. And, of course, the, uh, the, the thing is that with berserkers, apparently if you had berserkers in your – um, you know, uh, I don't know what you'd say, like you're, uh, like a king had them as part of his army or whatever. Um, if you had berserkers, you had to keep them busy because they're kind of like dogs, right? Like if you leave them at home and they're bored, they just start tearing stuff up. Sure. <laughs> so it's the same thing. So basically with berserkers, you have to keep them busy. So they would, because uh, they're so crazy. So then this this like lord or king was like, okay, just build roads, move move big stacks of lava rock. You know what I mean? So anyway, this berserkers. So I was thinking, wow, this is, you know, imagine having that kind of ferocity uh, approaching, you know, like um, the things that we kind of indulge in ourselves, like, uh, you know, the weaknesses that we indulge and the things that we don't want to acknowledge about ourselves and that type of thing. Imagine if you had just that ferocity in approaching the work on yourself, you know? Right. And so this song is kind of about that. And also it's like, uh, it's about sort of drawing a line. Like it's, you know, cause I think as a berserker, it seems like you become a berserker and then you're a berserker. It's not like oh, I'm a berserker this week. And then next week I'll, you know, go back and put on my, my nice cold shirt and go take an office job. <laughs> you know, once you're a berserker, you're a berserker. So I guess the idea is as well, making that decision and that being your life. And it's like crossing a threshold, you know? Right. So that's uh, that's berserk. That that's um that's blooded. Right. Uh, the other thing is, you know, I'm wondering why we don't blood sports people. Like, I imagine if you got a footy team, right? Right. And you just get some pigs blood, and you stick it under their nose, and you just blood them before you send them out on the field, and they're all smelling blood. I reckon they'd play much better. I I would agree. You know what. MMA, for example, right? Or boxing, some of those sports where blood is pretty much a guarantee. Those guys are going until their it bodies fires, are exhausted. Yeah, fires them up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt. Do you remember BJ Penn licking blood off the back of his yes. licking blood off the back of his hand? Yes. <laughs> what a maniac. That yes. guy's a warrior. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, that was good. Yeah. Right, yeah. Claymore. So that's um whew, Claymore's a funny one. So that's I originally wrote that I was thinking about like greater mind, like the idea of greater mind, like, you know, like the Geist um, and the idea that, you know, when, if we dream, we have all these characters in our dreams and they're all us, but they're all like little bits of us, but they all play out in our dreams. Like they're individual. And I was thinking about the world and humanity and us all being part of one and kind of drawing a, reference to like a greater mind dreaming something and that we're all part of this one thing so that's kind of you know because like i mean we we try to have positive lyrics like you know i think there's so much unnecessary suffering in the world and so absolutely you know if you could see other people suffering as your own 
because there's no difference. There's still suffering just because you're not experiencing it. It doesn't mean it's not real. Right. So, you know, I think if you could feel other people's suffering as your own, then most of the suffering in the world would disappear. You know, there'd still be incidental things, natural things, but Jesus Christ, we, uh, we subject each other to all kinds of, all kinds of horrors. So anyway, that was kind of the, the claymore, the basic claymore. Awesome. Well, they're all really good songs. Uh, you know, another thing I was going to mention, uh, I sent you some questions. I like to let everybody know, give them an idea ahead of time, uh, what I'm going to ask. So, uh, you, I like to ask people about shows cause a big part of punk music and oi music and all that, big, being a part of the scene is actually going to and seeing the shows. Uh, you've probably played maybe some recent shows. We've, we've kind of talked about that future shows being canceled. We've talked about that. Yeah. A bit uncertain. Yeah. So, what are what are your guys' plans? Obviously, you have to wait and see when things can be cleared. But are you looking to when things are to get back out there, you know, and into whatever? Or uh, I guess it's hard to say at the moment. But I, I do. I really enjoy talking about the shows. I think that's really a, a big part of it. So, mm. any shows that you have played recently, then because we've we've talked a little bit about you know songs that have made it onto the the set list, but. Uh, anything stand out about any shows you've played or maybe even some that you've just uh, gone and mm. watched yourself? Well, we got to, uh, we got to support uh, the company rejects end of last year. Awesome. So basically Luke's, which, you know, we all love the rejects. There's a big influence. They're a big influence on the band. Um, Luke, uh, his dr- childhood dream was to play with the, uh, the exploited, <laughs> the business, the casualties, Coxbar. And uh, and the Cockney Rejects, and so in the worst, he got to play with a couple of them, and then we got the Cockney Rejects slot, and we're about to have the uh, the Exploited gig, of course, which hopefully will be postponed. Um, he may have already got to play with the Exploited in the worst, but uh, so the only one that's left is Coxbar. So that's obviously going to be a bit more difficult. But you know, if we got to go to Europe to support Cotsborough to make that little boy's dream a reality, then uh, <laughs> then that's something we should do. So that was a really, you know, that was a great thing. And we got to meet the guys from the Rejects before the, the gig. And, you know, that's they're awesome. super nice guys. And it's so, like, you know, um, Jeff Turner's, like, energy on stage is uh, absolutely incredible. Never seen anything like it. It's really inspiring, you know. And I love his boxing footwork as he's moving around on stage. So that was awesome. Um in terms of shows locally, there's been some great ones. We're really excited that No Class are starting to play again. So yeah. that they had a, a tragedy in the band uh, a year or so ago now and so we're, have stopped playing shows. And they're just about to put out a new EP and they're about to resume playing. So that's something we're really looking forward to is playing with them again. Great. We're meant to be playing with them it, uh, for our album launch in April 18. But of course, it's uncertain, but I'm sure we'll just postpone it. Uh, we do get to play with them a fair bit. Um, there's, you know, we played just last the week for last with uh, a band Blowhole, who I really like. They're a new band on the scene, so they, um, you know, one of the guys, Red, was in a big old Melbourne band, Charter Seventy Seven, which were epic. Um, so that was good seeing them. I really like their style. They're like, uh, they've got a kind of poppy Ramonesy sort of element to it, which you really, you know, you can really connect with really easily. But it's not. It's not at all kind of overproduced or kind of poppy. It's still, you know, real punk, um, real good stuff. Uh, that kind of era, though, I guess, with Charter, the, the band that Red was in, that's probably from a 
my perspective, that is a period in Melbourne punk history, which is just absolutely incredible. There were shows, you know, every weekend, heaps of shows, uh, great scene, massive scene, all these good bands, GGF, Hippie War Generals, Asia Rejects, Charter. Um, that's kind of, in terms of gigs of the past for Melbourne, that to me was like the pinnacle. And I was probably about 20, you know, so you can party for days and it was just a crazy time. It was really good. That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, any favorite bands that you would want to play a show with? We just talked about uh, Cox Bar being on the list uh, of bands yeah, that you guys want to add to, but are, are there any personal favorites of your own that you would like to share a stage with? Well, I think probably the, the, the band that kind of connected all of us in the clinch that we like, all of us love this band. This is the sound that we can all, we all can get behind is bone crusher. Oh, We'd yeah. love to play with bone crusher. Um, you can probably hear a bit of a bone crusher kind of influence in some of our songs. Cause we're all, we all love them. Right. Uh, so yeah, that would be a dream to play bone crusher. Um, Percolay. I don't know how you meant to say it is, um, Obviously, you know, that kind of melodic voice sound we all love right. as well. So, yeah, that's, you know, but I mean, these are all huge. I don't know. we got to get out of Australia first, right? It's uh, just to play in Brisbane. We're meant to be playing Brisbane next weekend. That's like the US. It's a big country. That's 2,000 kilometers away, which is what, like 1,300 or 1,400 miles. Right. That's a long way just that to play is. in like, you know, the halfway up the country. It's uh, so to get to the US is a, I don't know, like a 15 hour flight or something Right. If you get to Europe is 20 minimum of 22 hours, but normally more like 30 because of the stopover. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and the thing is, you know, the population here, the cities are pretty good, but they're quite spread out. Right. So hopefully the plan is we're going to get over to Asia and to uh, Europe sometime in the next sort of 12 months. It was going to be looking at late, late this year, but we'll see what happens. Uh, and then, you know, we'd love to play in the US sometime. And there's so much great music and shows. And I just saw Punk Rock Bowling's cancelled, which is a shame. I did. I saw that play. about 20 minutes before we started talking. I saw that. Yeah, thought, sure. Oh, man, everything. Just yeah. every day you wake up to it, right? Yeah, just uh, shows after shows. Wisdom and Chains was going to be here in Salt Lake on Saturday. That one oh, got right. postponed. And I, I'm waiting to hear Leftover Crack casualties grade yeah. two last gang all coming here april 8th i'm sure that one's going to get postponed wow speaking of uh the business the business with barstool preachers was going to be here after punk rock bowling on june 6th and since punk rock bowling is going to get bumped i'm sure that that tour is going to get bumped as yeah. well so yeah, sure. all these fantastic bands, all those bands you named, just about every yeah. one of them, I was going to see either coming yeah, through Salt Lake right. or go, punk rock bowling. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, yeah. What a crazy time, you know? I mean, it's I mean, it's showing some big holes in our preparation for this type of thing, I suppose, as countries. It's incredible. Though. Right. What a, what a fright, frightening sort of time. You yeah. know, here, I was I was hearing that in Paris now, they're like, you know, mandating isolation and you have to have papers to do certain things and it's getting pretty full on in Europe. In Australia, we're still at the early sort of stages. So people are starting to panic by like toilet paper and stuff like that, But <laughs> it, which is ridiculous because we make it here. But someone said we made it, it was made in China and then everyone went crazy 
and now you can't buy toilet paper anywhere. Like Aussies, come on, man. Jesus Christ, guys. Well, just so you Get know, it's just together. as bad here. The, the toilet paper and then hand sanitizer are... That, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. The, the same stuff. And so then anyway, people are just starting to panic by. But you can feel this low level of anxiety everywhere. Right. And my gym's still open, but my mate... Like another gym that I train at where my mates are PT, that one's closed. So it's... um, You know, they're, they're starting to close down. Everything's... Everything's shutting down, but you know, hopefully it means this won't be so bad. If we got to lose a bit of gigs, you know, yeah. it means that then hopefully we all stay alive and then people can keep making music in the future, you know? Yeah. Realistically, uh, I don't support the government dictating those type of things, but realistically, if people would isolate themselves or, you know, minimal moving around, it sucks for especially a lot of working class people. I mean, how are they going to make money? But a lot of places oh, here yeah, in Utah yeah. are, are actually starting, our governor here posted something today about uh, putting a hold on people having to pay rent and stuff like that. So like, if you can get to that part where people can spend what little money they might have, stock up a little bit on food yeah. and tell people, all right, all your bills we're going to put on hold. You're not going to get kicked out in a couple of weeks because you need to go stay indoors yeah. or stay away from people. It's frightening. It's reasonable There's because certain they industries say, which are just certain industries which are just going to get smashed. You know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing as well with the scene. I think venues and stuff like that. How much closure and hospitality and yeah, the world's going to look very different. I just hope money doesn't all move to the wrong people. You know what I mean right. with this kind of thing. I, I hope agree. it comes out better, not worse. I agree. Because it's one of those things where if we just put on hold things, you know, the banks can say, we're not going to take your money at the moment, you know, hold on to it for a month instead of the government, like our government's trying to do a bunch of bailouts. So all they're going to do is send money towards people so they can send it back towards the banks. Yeah. That's the wrong way to do it. The government shouldn't be taking tax dollars from people and then saying, all right, people, we're going to give this to you and we're going to help you pay all your bills so you can pay all the, yep. the banks and stuff, all the money. And then the banks are going to not have skipped a beat, but everybody else is going to be trying to recover from it. Yeah. Well, we have, I know we've got a much more sort of robust health system here in Australia than you guys have in the US. Yeah. Um, you know, you, we have universal health care. Right. Um, it's a two, two tiers, like it's a combo system where you can pay private, but there's public access to health care for everyone. Oh, good. Um, which, you, you know, there's uh, so that's good. But yeah, in terms of rent relief and stuff like that, I don't know what I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's people's probably their biggest worry is, you know, if you have enough food a couple of weeks, you really don't need that much food. And they say that that virus, you know, within two days, you'll know and up to 14 days. So two weeks, they'll know exactly yeah. who has it. They can treat those people. It won't spread. Life can go back if people, you know, do a good job of just trying to stay away from others. That way you're not catching it or spreading it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, mm. Anyway, back to some punk yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we, we've talked you know, about some bands that are, you're interested in or play, would like to play with, uh, some bands there that you've played with. You know, a big part of the punk scene, I like to ask everybody this, is you know, doing splits. So doing a split EP or even a split LP. Some people even do those. But I think that's a, a really cool thing. That that is, I don't want to call it exclusive to punk, but man, punk really does a good job of it. And you know, with such a world of punk, you, you know, UB Australia, we we talked about uh, 
China, you know, Asia, all these other countries. There's great punk bands in those countries and then in Europe, mm. all over Europe, you know, so all over the world. And it's really cool when bands, especially that are on opposite sides of the world, but even if you're in the same local area too, uh, your fans might not be their fans and so forth. And so when you get into a split, it's like, hey, I really like The Clinch. And then, oh, who's this other band that's on this album that they're with? Mm. Who's somebody that you would like to do a split with? Well, it's funny, right? So, I mean, we do, we've been on a few compilation albums. There's right. one really good one, which was uh, um, I Come From a Band Down Under, which yeah. was a Contra and Stun Grenade release. Yep, very um, good. That was awesome. We, uh, in terms of splits, you know, we've got mixed feelings about this because the guitarist, uh, Luke, he's, uh, he hates splits. And the reason why he hates them is because he doesn't know where to file them in his record collection because he's got everything <laughs> filed by artists by, by first name right so anyway so we're, we were actually talking about this last week and he's like look if the right band comes along we'll do a split so you know <laughs> we're, we're definitely open to splits but i think it's probably if we can get overseas like if we can get to indonesia malaysia you know these have huge really big oil scenes right like definitely. big uh big oil scenes so if we could get over there you know there's lots of good bands in those um in those countries that we could do a split with um obviously you know you just do we've we're in the sunny bastards label which has some really great bands on there as well so definitely yeah we're definitely open to doing splits we haven't really thought about it to uh to a great level at this stage well, we want to put new songs on it as well so we've got to get this album out first and and uh you know start writing again sure uh, a lot of bands talk about uh that you know when i do the interviews uh, a lot of times those splits, they, they, some it's, you know, it's 50, 50, some will, are writing them specifically for a split because they're either approached or approached a band like, Hey, let's do a split. So they either come up with their own theme or whatever, and they write it exclusively for, and then some other ones, you, you know, you write an album and, you know, a lot of bands narrow an album down to 10 to 12 tracks, but you end up putting 16, 17 tracks together. And mm. then you, you know, you narrow it down like, all right, we're not going to put out a 17 track album. Let's go down to 10 or 12. We're going to take the 10 or 12 best. And then you focus on those. But then when the split opportunity comes around, you're like, oh, you know what? We had those couple other ones in our back pocket. We didn't quite do anything with yet. And then bam, there you go. They, they end up on a split. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. We, we cut a bunch of songs, but we didn't put them, we didn't record them, but we have them still sitting there. So we could, uh, We'd always do something like that. One thing we're thinking about doing, though, is um, do a couple of, like, online shows, you know, just live stream a couple of shows while right. everyone's isolated. So we might talk to a few local bands and see, or even international bands, you do it internationally, and just see if we can, uh, you know, put together kind of a live show. People can, can log on and have a look. There's um, hopefully, you know, raise some money for venues or something like that because the venues here are really suffering. Yeah. And that's a cool concept. Dropkick Murphys are doing that as we speak, live streaming. So by the time anybody hears this interview, they'll already be done. So hopefully they went out and checked it out. But they always play on St. Patrick's Day. And as you know, everywhere shows yeah, are canceled. So they're actually doing yeah, a, a live stream right now as we speak in Boston. It started, I think, around the time we started doing this interview. It started right around that time. I'll log on after we get off the phone. Absolutely. It's going to be cool. Uh <laughs> With the, the splits, 
I, I'm the same way in my record collection. I never know where to put them. So <laughs> sometimes you put them under your favorite, right? Your preferred band exactly. Yep, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> I figure I'm going to look in that in there first when I'm, you know, scrolling down the list there to figure out where it's at. Like, uh, you know, flipping through the records. I'm going to go to the band that I, I prefer anyway. So you, you got to do it somewhere because right. you know they they're so never. If, if any of us do splits and come to your house, so we can get a real uh, honest opinion uh, yes. opinion of what you think of us, <laughs> we just got to look where our, our splits are filed. Exactly, just look under C. You know they'll be under C. Ah, very funny. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so I don't know if there's. We've kind of talked a lot about different bands. Are there any specific bands that might have influenced you specifically? I mean, the other guys, I'm sure, have all their influences. And I'm sure, you know, us as fans and people that listen to yeah, your music sure. are going to be able to kind of derive, like, oh, I get the, you know, this sounds like this, you know, whatever. And especially the more we know about you as individuals, might be able to decipher that too. But is there any specific bands out there that either motivate you to you know, to have done this in the first place back, you know, at the top mm. of the interview here, you, you guys were talking about drinking, talking about doing the band. And then one day you did it. So was there somebody or some band or even maybe a, a singer that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, well, sort of my, uh, it's funny, you know, I, um, I bumped into a guy, Pete from this band, blood sucking freaks in Adelaide a couple of years ago. And I was like, dude, you know, I picked up your album in a uh, in an op shop randomly. I just saw it, it was like Blood Sucking Freaks and it the album was Nose Force, not Dick Full Attitude. And you know, nice. I was like a thirteen year old, I'm like, oh, this is funny, you know, it's like Beavis and Butthead kind of humor. <laughs> and um so anyway, I grabbed that and I was like, This is the best thing ever. And so I saw Pete, this guy Pete, because I I'm I oh, I think I might have met him once or twice very much in passing when I was way younger and I started like, is that Pete from Bloodstone Freaks? So anyway, I'm like, dude, are you Pete from Bloodstone Freaks? Like, I'm because it was one of our shows where, you know, we just played earlier that night. And I was like, man, the reason why I'm doing this is because I got your CD from the op shop, man. Nice. You're a goddamn hero. So yeah, Bloodstone Freaks. But I don't know, we, all of us, you know, the two songs we're covering at the moment, we're covering a Blitz song and a Blood song. All of us love the blood. Um, you know, I think probably False Gestures uh, is maybe the greatest punk album ever written. Uh, so the blood is big in there. Um, when I was, you know, bands that got me into punk, like No Effects, and then I got into like Sex Pistols and Dead Kennedys. And although right. I probably, they're not so much what I listen to nowadays, they are big influences on me and, sure. you know, why I love the genre. Um, you know, early oi sort of after that stuff then i got into kind of classic oi and listening to the business and bands like that that's probably the main sort of influence but yeah you know it's a great scene right it is so much so much good music i i, I see you know i like to be a part of uh punk groups what you know on facebook and all over the place because i just enjoy talking about it i like hearing other people's opinions too and i I definitely disagree when you see the opinions where the people, and maybe they don't even believe it themselves, but they, they post stuff about, oh, there's no good punk now. Nothing good new comes out. And they're stuck in whatever their era of music is, whether it be, mm -hmm. you know, the 90s skate punk. And so all they want to listen to is Pennywise and Bad Religion and whatever. Or you go back to they only want to listen to the classic stuff that came out, you know, the early 77 stuff. Or maybe yeah. they're just an eight. You know, some people get stuck in that. And I love all of that stuff, too. I love a, such a variety of, of punk music and, 
getting to do the show and coming up with ideas for the show. So, you know, I did an episode quite a while ago, but, you know, discovering the origins of punk and went back into songs that were in the early 60s that people would be like, punk, but to yeah. go all the way down to that, right? So I love so much and I like to get to hear the music, but for somebody to say that nothing good is coming out now they're just fools you you're not looking you're yeah. not you're not looking for it you're not open to it because there's great stuff constantly coming out and it's also sort of you know stuff that's not just the same churned out you know an old genre that everyone's just churning out the same sound right. trying to mimic something you know like one of the bands you mentioned earlier wisdom in chains i love wisdom in chains yeah i mean they're kind of a pretty, pretty weird band, right? They got some pretty sort of uh, street punk or oi kind of hooks in there, but yep. they sound like a hardcore band and they got metal leads. And, you know, yeah. like um, it's a weird band, but they're awesome. They are very good. Very good. So Damn great. Good. Yes. And I was so bummed out. I had Richie. He was on the show. Shoot, it's been like a year, but uh, – Maybe it hasn't been that long. But anyway, I had Richie on the show, did an interview with him, talk about the band, and then this show actually was announced probably like back in September. It's been that long. Right. Been waiting for this show yeah, for right. so long. And then yeah. just found out today that the, they were holding off as best they could. But today, as well as you know, Punk Rock Bowling here, and that, that was postponed, that Wisdom had changed. But they said postponed. They, they want to reschedule. So hopefully uh, sometime later in this year, uh, I'll get to see them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great band. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know you got something to do. Is there anything more we need to know about the clinch that I have not covered? No, that's awesome. Well, you know, if we do this uh, this online show, then um, I'll send you a note so Please maybe your listeners can uh, jump on, have a watch. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's been great to talk to you, and I hope everyone likes the new album. It's coming out on the 23rd on, uh, you know, all the normal digital platforms. Right. And then uh, via Sunny Bastards, which is in Germany, uh, you know, a few weeks after that. Excellent. So, um, yeah, check it out. Thanks heaps, man. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, I can't wait to put this episode out and I can't wait for the, the actual vinyl copy. I'll be looking forward to that next month. Uh, yep. well, I'll, uh, we'll send you one when we get them even better. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you and, uh, just thank you. I, I think you're bad. I, I can't say enough you know, about it. You guys are the heart of this scene, right? Like make it, the people who are doing all the, you know, not just the people making the music, but people who are running podcasts and running groups and uh, running venues and all that. That's what makes Absolutely. that's what makes the whole scene turn, right? Absolutely. So, um, thank you. Really Definitely. appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you, Steve, and thank you for joining. Uh, tell the rest of the band, uh, great job, great album. I think it. I absolutely think it's really one of the best I've heard in a long time, and for sure it's going to be one of the top albums of this year. Sweet. Thanks, man. Rock and roll. Stay hard. Excellent. Thank you, and uh, let's play some more music.
Yes, that is the last track on Basecamp. That is Claymore, for sure. One of my favorites. That whole album is so good. Definitely need to check it out. I want to thank Steve for joining me on the show, for giving me a lot of great suggestions just to put on this show, particular this particular episode, and The Clinch for putting out such a great album. You definitely need to check out Basecamp. Uh, I have a feeling that that Sonny ba- Bastards there is going to sell out because that is really good. Uh, it'll also be available digital, so be on the lookout for it. Uh, you can find The Clinch at The Clinch Official on Facebook. And if it uh, wasn't clear, they're from Melbourne, just like a lot of the other bands. And they're on Instagram, at The Clinch Oi. A lot of cool stuff, like we talked about in the episode. Uh, we're going to play one more band. We're going to wrap this show up with a metal pick. This was not one that was mentioned by Steve, but I did say on the last episode I was going to play the other band from Keir Gilchrist. He's a guy that uh, plays on Atypical, plays Sam. Watched that show on Netflix, found out he was in a death metal band, Phalanx. That's who we played last week, and we're going to play a track from his grindcore band, Whelm, this week. Uh, His band, Whelm, did uh, Split with Six Shit. Uh, They have three tracks on there, Fence Sitter, Scavenge, and Wake Up the World. There is a video for Fence Sitter. Uh, The tracks are pretty short like grindcore bands usually are. Uh, They're from Los Angeles. I didn't point that out yet. They're from Los Angeles, but we are going to play the track Wake Up the World. It is a short one, but it is a goodie. If you're into grindcore, you're going to like it. Whelm with uh, off that split. It's Wake Up the World. That is Whelm with Wake Up the World. We're wrapping up the show. Uh, I think uh, with Sam, that character Sam, there's no way I would believe that he would be in a grindcore or death metal band like Kier is. So he does a great job. He's a great actor. And I think all other actors out there would be more interesting if they were vocalists or even just involved with grindcore bands, death metal bands, punk bands, oi bands, or anything like that in general. It would make them a lot more interesting like Kier is. Uh, definitely go check him out. The, the band has a Bandcamp page. It's Whelm, W-H-E-L-M. 
And they're on Facebook at Whelm LA and on Instagram at Whelm LA because they're out of LA. So check them out. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're enjoying your quarantine and keep positive vibes heading Eric's way. I will keep you updated. I hope he is getting better soon. I uh, can't wait till he gets to be back on the show, but I'm going to load you up with a, a ton of music to listen to before here and there, Whoever who knows how long we're going to be on quarantine. So uh, until the next time, that was episode 144. Thank you to Steve and the guys in the clinch. And uh, yeah, there you go. Play the fucking outro.